Welcome to Mastering Midlife with Heidi. I'm Heidi, certified hypnotist and mindset coach, and in this podcast, I'm breaking down my secret code for midlife success. Are you trying to overcome people-pleasing behaviors, navigating divorce, living in debilitating self-doubt, or something else keeping you stuck? You're in the right place. I know that you're ready to get to the next level of your life feeling happy and fulfilled, so let's get started. Hey there, welcome to this very special edition of the podcast. It's Mastering Midlife with Heidi's one-year anniversary, my 61st birthday, and the celebration of being ranked in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Wowza, so much to celebrate, and I'm doing it with a giveaway. You could win one of two $25 Amazon gift cards simply by rating and leaving a review on the show. Listen for more details at the end of this episode, and the details will also be in the episode description. I want to start by saying I appreciate all of you listening and supporting me over the last year. Thank you for being on this journey with me. I would not be here without you. You listening, supporting me, and sending me messages lights up my heart. So when I say thank you, it's from the bottom of my heart. I got this message from listener Sarah. I love your heart and message. Your podcast has my brain churning on how to expand. That's so cool, Sarah, that I've got you thinking about how you can make your life even bigger. I love it. Thanks for commenting. And I received this message from a brand new listener, Denise. She said, I searched how to manage stress and it recommended the podcast, which I love. Oh my gosh, Denise, I love this, that you found me on a search. This makes me so happy to know that you all are being impacted by this podcast I created. It was my hope and dream that I could reach more people and help you change your lives, and it's happening. So are you ready for a new year of more episodes? I am. Let's do it. If you're new here and maybe this is the first episode you're tuning into, I'm a mindset coach and a board-certified hypnotist, and my passion is guiding women to put themselves first without guilt or shame. I love helping you discover your BS, also known as your blind spots, that are holding you back. I love helping you uncover all the limiting crap, the stories you've told yourself for years and years, and that you believe are true, the stories you think you have no power to change. I'm here to tell you absolutely none of that is set in stone. You've just continued to believe it because maybe you've never thought you had a choice to believe anything else. But these stories, all that BS, is holding you back from living the life you've only dared to dream about living. I love to teach you the tools and skills to help you realize you are not your stories and you can live the life of your dreams. Do you feel guilty for saying no or for taking time for you? Do you relive past mistakes and beat yourself up, wishing you would have said or done something different? Do you worry about what other people think or about the future? Are you tired of following everyone else's rules and you're ready to create your own path? If so, then stay tuned. This episode is for you. I'm sharing with you life-changing lessons of an ex-people-pleasing, procrastinating perfectionist. Ready? Let's dive in. 
I wanted to make this episode special in celebration of the one-year anniversary of the podcast, and so I decided to share with you the life-changing lessons I've learned on my journey of becoming a recovered, people-pleasing, procrastinating perfectionist. The trouble is, there were a lot of lessons that I came up with, and I mean a lot. Way too many for this episode, so I picked my favorites that I'm sharing with you here. The rest I've compiled into an ebook that I created. If this episode resonates with you, then you're going to want to grab a copy of all of the life changing lessons. The link for this ebook is in the episode description. And now, on with the show. Helen Keller said Life is a succession of lessons which must be lived to be understood. I was in my 50s before I started recognizing the full impact of living as a people-pleasing, procrastinating perfectionist. I've spent most of my life trying to be good. I was taught to be a good girl, be nice, and do what I was told. This set me up to think that if I wasn't good, that I was bad. In my young mind, being bad meant I was wrong, evil, unholy, and ultimately not good enough. I believed if I wasn't good, that I wouldn't fit in or be accepted. Because I wanted to do the right thing, I avoided things that could be viewed as bad, things like disappointing someone, hurting someone's feelings, saying no, or speaking my opinion, anything where I wasn't considering the other person first. I learned not to speak up and just go with the flow. I had no idea what I wanted or needed or what my preferences, deal breakers, or boundaries were. In fact, I didn't even know that it was okay to express any of that. So I ignored my intuition and swallowed my truth. I overlooked commitments and hurts and morphed myself into whatever shape was necessary to fit into the situation. I put myself on the back burner time and time again. I learned to be a people pleaser as a way to fit in and be liked. It was the only way I knew to be accepted. Work, friendships, family, and intimate relationships were all affected. Most of all, the disease to please impacted me. I was lost and didn't know who I was without someone telling me. I've spent the last decade uncovering and unlearning the core beliefs that I had, the fears I had that were causing me to people-please and to try to be perfect. This unlearning is like peeling back layers of an onion. There's always more to uncover and learn about. And at the same time, you learn about how empowering and amazing it feels to choose you first. I get it. It can be hard to look to start peeling back those layers because maybe you're scared about what you might uncover. I understand. I had so much shame around my actions, my behaviors, and three marriages and divorces. I hid what was happening and what I was feeling from everyone in my life. And that brings me to the first lesson. Shame grows in secrecy. Before I go into this lesson, let's take a short 60-second break. Do you feel like you've lived your whole life for others and now you don't know the real you? Does it seem like your wants and needs don't matter, like you're not important? If you're saying yes, I hear you, I see you, and I've created something just for you. It's called Me First, and it's a community where you'll learn to prioritize your needs and desires. 
Gain confidence and a strong sense of who you are. Say no without guilt and create a life that feels good in your heart without concern of judgment from others. As a member of the Me First community, you'll be among like-minded women all on a journey of self-discovery and you'll find understanding, friendship, and unwavering support. You'll have guidance through expert-led discussions, guest speakers, and personal coaching. Plus, you'll build a toolkit of resources to help you conquer people-pleasing, critical self-talk, shame, resentment, and more, so that you have the freedom to prioritize yourself and live life by your parameters. Join the Me First community at a 20% discount by using coupon code PODCAST20 at checkout. The program link is in the episode description. It's time to prioritize yourself and truly believe that you are important too. Now back to the episode. Welcome back. Lesson one, shame grows in secrecy. Brene Brown says, if you put shame in a Petri dish, it needs three things to grow exponentially. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. If you put the same amount of shame in a Petri dish and douse it with empathy, it can't survive. My shame was thriving because I kept my stories a secret and judged myself almost constantly. On January 1st, 2018, my third husband stormed out in a rage. I blamed him and his toxic, controlling behavior as the cause of our failing marriage. Yet in truth, it was my unhealthy, codependent behavior that caused me to say I do to him in the first place. I overlooked commitments being broken in order to keep the peace and not hurt his feelings. Two very detrimental, people-pleasing traits. I was compliant and overextended myself time and time again to keep him and others happy. But on that New Year's Day, I finally saw the pattern that I was repeating, and I realized that I was the common denominator in all of my relationships. One week after he stormed out, I walked into my first Codependence Anonymous meeting and started sharing my shame and stories in buckets full of tears. As I shared, the shame started to shrink. It couldn't live in the truth, the acceptance, and the empathy I was starting to give myself. The second lesson is, absolutely none of my worth or value comes from outside of me. I believed my value and worth came from the approval, validation, acceptance, and praise of others. One of the biggest turning points for me with this lesson was when I got fired from my job. I had strengthened my sense of value through overgiving at my job, and then when I got suddenly let go, it was like someone had popped my value balloon. I was constantly giving, 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 and then it was gone in an instant. I realized, though, that being put on a pedestal by someone else actually had nothing to do with my value, but I was relying on their approval, validation, and acceptance to put gas in my value tank. But that is no one's responsibility but my own. I now have a 5 by 7 card on my desk that reads, I validate that my worth and value never waver and both have zero to do with my external world. They are divinely given at birth and are a part of who I am always. Unfortunately, most of us weren't told or taught this, and so we look to things outside of ourselves to verify that we're worthy. Brene Brown says, don't walk through the world looking for evidence that you don't belong 
because you will always find it. Don't walk through the world looking for evidence that you're not enough because you will always find it. Our worth and our belonging are not negotiated with other people. We carry those inside of our hearts. This leads me to the third lesson. Good enough is not good enough. Where are you settling in your life with good enough? Maybe you tell yourself that it's the way it's always been and so you accept it. If I had not been fired from my job three years ago, I would very possibly still be there today because it was good enough. I had health insurance. I had a steady paycheck. What else would I do? I'll just hang in there until I retire is what I thought. But deep down, I wasn't fulfilled. My dream was to serve others, but not in that overgiving, people-pleasing way I was at that job. Being fired propelled me into letting go of good enough and live my dream life of truly serving others through my own business. Yes, I could have gone and gotten a different job, but I was done with good enough. Where are you putting up with good enough? If you want to hear the deeper story of being fired and the gift it was to me, listen to episode 26 titled, As a People Pleaser, How Being Fired from My Job Was the Best Gift Ever. It was the most popular episode of the year based on the number of listeners. This brings me to the fourth lesson. I can't serve others when I'm worried about pleasing them. Pleasing is not the same thing as serving. Here's a contradiction I now recognize in my past actions. I thought my pleasing others was an act of service, but deep down, the people-pleasing was fueled by guilt. So that means it was actually self-serving. The pleasing was actually driven by the desire to alleviate my own discomfort or fear of disappointment, disapproval, or letting someone down. Instead of genuine service, it becomes a type of self-preservation, where the primary goal is to maintain personal comfort and avoid negative emotions. So in the end, we're not serving them, we're serving our own need to escape our internal discomfort. The fear of disapproval hampers our ability to authentically serve without an agenda. We can serve from a place of genuinely wanting to help make a difference, but we need to make sure there are no fears or emotions like guilt that we're attempting to avoid. Speaking of guilt leads me to the fifth life-changing lesson. Guilt does not mean I did something wrong. Guilt is just fear in a different costume. People-pleasing behaviors, not speaking up for yourself, not saying no, suppressing your emotions, not questioning anything, these are learned behaviors that when you were young helped you cope with the things in life you didn't yet understand how to handle or talk about. We repeat these people-pleasing behaviors over and over and then they become habits. Guilt also can become a habit. Feeling guilty is what a good girl does. Guilt takes away my badness. If I don't feel guilty, then I must not be a good person. Most of us were taught this, that it's wrong to say no, especially to an elder or authority figure. And then we grow up thinking we are bad or wrong for speaking up. But because I feel guilty about it, I think that takes away the badness. It's like the guilt is an equalizer. If I feel guilty, then that proves I'm not bad or wrong. Only people who don't feel guilt or shame are bad. Stop trying to avoid guilt. Feeling guilty is not the problem. Doing everything you can to avoid it is. 
Guilt is just fear in a different costume. Look at what fear you have that's beneath the guilt. Ask yourself this question. Is it the guilt that keeps me from saying no? Or the fear of what will happen if I don't say yes? For people pleasers, sometimes it's the battle of choosing between the guilt of making someone unhappy and the fear of the fallout. There were times I felt so guilty about disappointing someone and other times when I was so scared of the retaliation, but both kept me from saying no or speaking up. It can feel scary to do something we're not used to doing, just like learning to drive, especially a stick shift. At first was a little scary, and then you feel the empowerment and freedom that comes from driving yourself to the store or to anywhere you want to go. This is what it feels like to start speaking up and putting your needs first, and to stop allowing guilt and fear to hold you back. On to the next lesson. Now, I warn my clients before I tell them this one, because it can be difficult to hear if you've been people-pleasing for most of your life. Ready? Brace yourself. People-pleasing is actually lying. It's a form of manipulation in an attempt to influence the other person to act a certain way in order to soothe your discomfort of not being able to speak your own truth. We present ourselves in a way that we think will meet others' expectations. We act in certain ways to avoid discomfort, rejection, or disapproval. We do things to gain acceptance and positive feedback. People-pleasing means sugarcoating things to keep others happy, not rocking the boat. I people-pleased to try to appear perfect, pretending to be something I wasn't. When you don't speak your truth, sugarcoat things, and wear masks to fit in, Other people don't ever get to know you. No one is interacting with the real you when you are morphing yourself into someone you think you need to be, to be approved of, to be validated, to be liked, to fit in. This is inauthentic and dishonest. And now we've come to the final lesson for this episode. First, remember if any of these landed for you, I created an ebook of more than 50 life changing lessons from an ex people pleasing procrastinating perfectionist. You'll find the link to the ebook in the episode description. And now the final lesson Expectations are premeditated resentments. Expectations are the beliefs we have about how things or people should be, and resentments are the emotions we experience when those expectations aren't met. Expectations cause us to think things or people should be different, that they should be doing it the way we think they should do it. And when people don't do it our way or things don't go our way, then we get resentful, disappointed, or angry. When you should on someone, they should have known better, they should do better, you're judging the actions of that person as not good enough. Expectations of another person to be a certain way communicates that if they're not that way, or don't do things the way you think they should, then they are not accepted by you because they don't live up to your expectations. And when they don't live up to your expectations, you get upset and you start building resentment toward them for not being the way you think they should be. Is this how you want your partner or your friends or your kids to feel? These are some pretty powerful life lessons, right? Which ones surprised you? It can be easy to learn a lesson, to hear one of these and start practicing it, and then slip back into the old pattern again. This is because the subconscious mind always wants to take us back to what's familiar, 
because what's familiar to the mind is what's considered safe, and the mind's job is to keep us safe. The mind wants to go back to what it knows and resist what it doesn't know. If you're noticing a pattern repeating in your life, like always feeling guilty when you speak up or intimate relationships falling apart, that's a place to start peeling back the layers of the onion. For me, I thought I had gotten the lesson after my 17-year marriage had ended, but I hadn't peeled back enough layers of the onion yet. It took the next marriage to catapult me into truly healing it. I had to change the beliefs and identity of who I was being in order for things to be different. Rewiring of beliefs happens through repetition, making the way we want to feel familiar to the subconscious mind to support us in the new way of being. Learning to say yes to yourself, your dreams, and your desires is a journey of self-discovery, healing, and unlearning. When you're ready, I'm here to guide you. Two reminders. To win one of two $25 Amazon gift cards, you simply need to rate and review the podcast. Because reviews can take many days to appear and so that I know how to contact you when you win, take a screenshot of your review before you press send. Then email your screenshot to Heidi at MasteringMidlifeWithHeidi.com. My email is also in the episode description. Your reviews really do matter, and I thank you for taking the time to write one. The drawing for the prizes will be on February 14th. Again, if you resonated with any of these lessons and want more, I created an ebook just for you. It contains more than 50 life-changing lessons that I got on my recovery journey of unlearning and dismantling my people-pleasing, procrastinating, perfectionist patterns. I'll close with this quote by C.S. Lewis. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. Talk to you soon. Thank you for spending time with me today. To continue on your journey of mastering midlife, click the link in the description to download my free guide, 20 Ways to Say No Without Feeling Guilty. See you in the next episode.